Love Talk Radio. This is Colin from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawker, and Big Quinn. Ladies and gentlemen, guess what time it is? It is Monday night. We are on Attitude Air Live on 89.1 Tens FM, and we are ready to rock your life for the next two hours, ladies and gentlemen, or the next hour and 158 uh, if you want to be technical. And uh, tonight we have, uh, without exception, all my favorite co-hosts. We have Granny on the line. How are you? Well, Icon, after a crazy Friday last week, I'm I'm good and ready for a great show on Ken's FM 89.1 tonight. And we have the Modern Nightmare Matthias with us. How are you, sir? Well, after a uh, a, a, a decent amount of work last week and uh, trying to take a little weekend to myself, which was nice, uh, watching the Vikings win on Sunday, I'm uh, feeling pretty good and ready to be live again on 89.1 Kansas of M. And uh, we know that uh, Big Swing may be joining us tonight, uh, but I know that he is uh, preoccupied uh, watching uh, his uh, – well, I, I guess he's a cowboy fan, I guess. This is one hell of a job, and the only thing else I got to say is, how about them cowboys? Yeah! Well, Big Swing, you wish. You guys are only up 6-3, to three, and uh, when you can either be listening to Monday Night NFL Snore, or you can be listening to a show with some real action, which is Attitude Air Live here on 89.1 Ken's FM. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and uh, introduce the guests that we have tonight. We have uh, Rosario Rodriguez will be our first guest out of the shoot. We have Jill Happy, and uh, she is an, uh, I don't know, I guess a makeup artist extraordinaire. She's going to tell us all about uh, special effects in Hollywood. And we also have the illusionist Lynn uh, Dileys, and uh, she's going to put a spell on us uh, in the second hour, so stay tuned for that. Uh, in the meantime, um, we have some time before our first guest calls in. So, uh, Granny, you mentioned a little bit of uh, stuff going on uh, Friday. We'll talk about that in a second, but uh, you guys remember what happened one year ago yesterday? Yes, I do. Uh, as, Happy uh, Matthias, you, to you. <laughs> thank you. And, uh, 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 unfortunately you weren't there and we had to break that to Homer, which is really sad, but, uh, I know Matthias, you were there. Was I there? Yes, you were there. Oh, well then. Yeah, I guess I do remember. I, my, well, I've had so many concussions in the ring. My brain, I can't process anything anymore. I'm surprised I have a job. I'm surprised I remember I got to pay my my rent the first of the month. That's that's all I got to remember at this point. Well, you know, if promoters would stop hitting you in the back of the head with chairs. Yeah, I know it's ridiculous. I I, I, I or uh, 
ex-promoters from uh, a WCW would stop getting involved uh, in your stuff, uh, things might be a little better. Exactly. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit. But uh, so, Granny, uh, you know, you had something going on Friday. And uh, can you give us any news on how that turned out? Well, um, I went to the hospital. Yeah, I had to be there before 8 o'clock, and I had to fight with my insurance company for almost three and a half hours because they claimed that my cardiologist never sent the authorization, which I knew was not true. So when my cardiologist actually called them, they said, oh, we're not going to authorize this. She has to have a stress test done first, which I knew would not happen because the heart cath was already scheduled. I'd already stopped medicines that I had to stop prior to the procedure. So after talking to the admissions office and the supervisor of the admissions office, there was a form that I filled out where they went ahead and did the heart cath and they're going to bill my insurance. The only problem with that is if the insurance refuses to pay, then I'm about out $2,700 out of pocket. Now, I contacted my insurance agent. They contacted somebody higher up within the insurance company. So I don't know what's going to happen yet. I mean, luckily, praise the Lord, there was nothing serious enough that they really had to do anything. So I don't know what was causing the problems. But... I, I'm okay. I went to WFC Saturday night, which everybody was really glad to see me. They were surprised that I was even there. But um, I'm good. You know, it's just uh, a little frustrating. So, um, you know, it is what it is, guys. But, you know, I've, I'm just glad there wasn't any additional blockage here. So. Well, you know, I'll tell you, uh, uh, the modern nightmare of Matthias, have you ever wanted, Have you ever taken on any uh, insurance agents in the ring? Uh, would you be up for that? Well, I mean, if I had to, you know, I mean, Granny's been a thorn in my side all, like, throughout the year. I've been here, you know, complaining and talking about my, my, my new manager, Sylvester J. Fox. But, you know, you know, Matthias can have a good side if need be. And if, uh, you know, I need to uh, take somebody out to uh, – Accure some money for my favorite, one of my favorite grandmas, I suppose. I can uh, can help out as long as she gets me to uh, Arkansas, where I can work for Ozark. Then we'll we'll have a little chat. Well, you know, I'll tell you what. If if not for Ozark, you know, you would be perfect for wrestling with the cause because I know that the kids out there would love to see you wrestle. Well, I mean, you know, as I was uh, back when I wrestled for APW for the first time in Holcomb, Wisconsin. After I won the uh, APW World Heavyweight Championship that night, there was these three kids that just absolutely despised me that wanted that belt. And, you know, I could hold it up over my head, and they jumped for it. You know, they chased me around the ring. They tried to take it from me, but they never did. And there was a veteran by the name of Man Pretty Greg Hertz, and uh, him and I had a talk. And wrestling basically is about the kids. You know, if you don't get the crowd you're, if you don't get the kids involved, you know, the parents aren't going to be interested. The crowd won't show up. It's just, you know, it's about getting those kids what they want and just entertaining them throughout the, throughout the show. And, uh, 
he looked at me and said, that was worth a million bucks just in of itself. So if there was ever an opportunity that I could do something like that, uh, I would definitely do it just for, just for that kind of cause and stuff like that. Cause you know, entertaining kids and uh, making them happy is, is a good quality of life and giving them what they, what they want for that specific time that you're with them is always a, uh, it's always a pleasurable experience. Well, you know, those, uh, those kids down there, they do love you and or, uh, they do love granny. And if granny tells them that uh, you like to pick on her, uh, they, they would show up in drones. Uh, that to... would be perfect. You know, they could start a riot. They could try to rush the ring. You know, like if I have to, I can, you know, I can just. Oh my God. Who the, the hell cares? Apparently, Big Swing is listening. Uh, uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna say about his Cowboys too. But you know, it's it's whatever it is. It's, I mean, let's hope he doesn't win. I, I know he's not gonna win. It's against the Giants, but you never know. It is six six right now. Oh well, perfect. Then let's hope the Cowboys uh, falter tonight. But again, yeah, like I said, if Granny if Granny wanted to announce to her favorite little kids that her North Dakota's number one heel is coming to. Uh, you know, pick on her and mess with her, you know, maybe we'll have a treasure trove of kids trying to assault me in the middle of the ring, and I think it would make for an entertaining program. Hey, Granny, don't you think that would be a, a fun time? Well, yeah, that would be fun. You know. Raiders! I didn't need that, but i got to share a little funny story with you about one of the wrestlers. He's our current WFC champion right now, Wesley Crane. Because, you know, they went into my right wrist, you know, to do the heart cast. They do it in the wrist now rather than going into the groin of the leg because less procedure time, you know, and less recovery time. So, anyways, I wore a brace on my wrist, you know, Saturday night. And I held up my... No, I did not load it up. It was not loaded, okay? It was just a regular brace, all right? So, anyways, he says... Oh, you're hurt. And he had this smirky, mischievous grin on his face. I said, yeah, Wes Crane. I said, you did this to me from the last show. This is your fault. You caused this. And, you know, I wish I would have had a video of the expression of his face because it was absolutely priceless. But, you know, and I got to share another quick story. You know, they put on the WFC page and the WFC fan page, and it says, WFC Nation, please let's send positive good vibes for the godmother of WFC and wrestling, Granny Holkster. She's having a heart cath procedure on Friday. I tell you, I was so touched that they let me thank everybody right before intermission. And I even got to cut a little promo directed to the cartel. London Calling, Richard Pierce, and Big Stevie Caballero, who I call Pickles. And I mean, oh, everybody, and they got the Granny chant going. I tell you, Granny was in full force Saturday night, let me tell you. Well, I'll tell you what, it looks like our first guest is waiting in wings. Uh, we are going to take a quick little timeout, a quick little commercial break to hear from one of our sponsors, and we will be back after these messages. Stick with us. Don't tell me this is going to do this again. All right. Uh, I will play the commercial a different way. Give me a second. The new Woodspring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, 
is an extended stay pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by TrustScore. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, our first guest of the night, the guy that will bring everybody to their knees when he hits the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Rosario Rodriguez. What up, everybody? What up, everybody? This is Alberto Del Frito. I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Go, Go ahead. Do the line, and then we'll talk to you. This is Alberto Del Frito, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Monday, live on 89.1 Kens FM, with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Holster. And I think you forgot one, but anyway. uh, So how are you, sir? Good to have you with us. Man, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. How's everybody doing over there? Well, pretty good. So here's what we're going to do here. Uh, We're going to have you give us a little background about yourself, and then I'll ask you a few questions, and then uh, we'll do a roundtable, and we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. All right. So go ahead. Give us a little background, then, sir. Well, man, we we just... uh, uh, started wrestling about five years ago, Got uh, tra- uh, trained by Sean Hernandez and uh, Joey Spector. Uh, they took me under their wing and they taught me everything I know at the moment. We have a small company, AWR Wrestling in Central Texas, that uh, we've been pushing for a while. And uh, it's pumping. We've got a lot of action coming up. I'm a, a proud father of, of three kids, and uh, they're growing up in the wrestling world as well. Wow, so uh, they're they're going to follow in their dad's footsteps. So when you uh, when you so when you are wrestling, um, are you a um, uh, do you uh, are you more of a high flyer like a Rey Mysterio? Are you a, a brawler like a Stone Cold Steve Austin? Or are you more of a technical wrestler like Bret Hart? Uh, I would say more brawler. Brawler type, uh, not definitely not a high flyer. Gravity doesn't uh, cooperate well with me. All right, and uh, when you uh, when you uh, are wrestling, are you um, are you more of a uh, a baby face, a heel, and in between, or are you more of a crowd guy? I'm more of a crowd guy, man. I I, I do I get my moves in and then. And then uh, just feed the crowd, man. The crowd's my energy right there. All right. And uh, here's uh, here's the uh, here's one thing that uh, you know I I've always liked to know. When you uh, decided to get into the business, uh, did you uh, did you look for a school or did you uh, did you go to like a uh, an event and then you heard you heard that they were looking for people. Uh, how did uh, how did you you first uh, make your first step into the business? Man, it was a very peculiar uh, situation because 
me and my daughter were actually coming back from a SmackDown event in Austin, Texas. And uh, we happened to... Seem to be having some uh, feedback on his end. I don't know if it's the, the I don't know if it's the connection there? or what, but we'll yeah yeah I we'll, we'll play through. I got you here. Go ahead. Oh, anyways, we were driving. We were driving on the way home from a SmackDown event in Austin, Texas. Uh, we happened to pass a sign that said Lucha Libre classes, um, and I still kept driving. I just kind of brushed her off, but man, I turned around that day and uh, jumped in there. We walked in and kind of like any other man that kind of walked into a new gym, just kind of sizing everybody up. But then we just get in there and and I just see the, the these guys just getting their work in and and just I couldn't believe what I saw in front of me and and how easy it was to to join. But then once we joined, man, it was just tough, man. It was real tough. We, were, we had to get in shape and and and. The bumps, I wasn't used to the bumps. I think after, like, maybe a week or two of training, I was still questioning whether I still wanted to even do it at all. Really? But, well, I'll tell you what. It, yeah, man. It, it, but, but you stuck with it, though, which is a good thing. You didn't give up. Yeah, I stuck it out. I stuck it out, man. I just kept going. I didn't really think it was going to go anywhere. It was definitely a great workout. I had a background in boxing for about 10 years, so I, I was in real good shape. Uh, but ring shape is completely different than any other kind of conditioning. And, well, speaking of conditioning, what kind of uh, training regimen do you have? Oh, and, uh, you know why? I do like a. I still go do lift weights and, and more like uh, it's more body weight uh, lifting that I do, resistance training and stuff. Uh, but nothing compares to being in the ring, like hitting the ropes you know, for, for, for burnouts and, and taking bumps. I mean, I don't think there's any. Uh, Rosario Rodriguez is our guest here. We got about, uh, 28 minutes with, uh, uh, our man here. Uh, we're going to do a little round table here. The first one I want to introduce you to is a gal that would, uh, you know, you mentioned you're a crowd guy. Uh, so this is one gal that you could feed off of, uh, when she's in the ring, if she's ever at an event that you're at, uh, Grady, what do you have for our guests? Go ahead. Well, welcome to our show. It's a pleasure to have you on with us tonight. And yes, granny does not like the heels. I can talk some pretty good smack. So I'm glad to hear that you're a crowd guy because if you were a heel, you know, I'd have to kind of maybe put you in your place, but being that you're a crowd guy, I think we would get along just fine. So, well, listen here, man. I think being a heel, it does a great job over here. It doesn't matter if I'm a crowd guy or not. I could be a heel. I could be a baby face. But if you want me to get on your butt, I'll get on you and smack you around. Well, you know what? Bring Uh-oh. it on, big boy, because I'm not oh. scared of you at all, you know. I, because let's share a little information about Granny. The heels at wrestling shows that I go to in Oklahoma and Arkansas and, you know, I've been in, I'm in Kansas too, and I'm in Texas, you know, recently, but um, they like to tell me to sit down and shut up before I break your head for a little, say, don't you have a curfew at the nursing home? But with that being said, my question for you is, what has been your most 
interesting match you've had in your career, and who was it against? Oh man, uh, you know, being with with the with the roster that we have, we kind of mix and match a lot of guys, but it's truly always uh, quite an experience when I'm in the ring with like Sean Hernandez and Joey Spector. I mean. Sometimes they make me feel like I don't know what I'm doing here still, but they we learn so much from them. Uh, just, they put me in the right spots or, or right right scenarios just to make everybody look 100%, man. And I, I, I just appreciate them uh, for sticking it out with me because maybe I did, like, you know, suck like a bag of potatoes, but they stuck it out with me and, and they, they put in the work and to put out the product that we do now. And then I just, I just, there's a lot of interesting matches, but anytime that I'm in the ring with Sean Hernandez and Joey Spector, I mean, they, they make, they turn chicken shit into chicken salad. So do you wrestle locally in one main area or do you like to travel and go to other states and wrestle? Actually, we got kind of like a small territory in Central Texas. Uh, it kind of expands from Austin all the way to San Antonio, and uh, we hit all the towns up and down the I-35 corridor. So we're we're in Austin, we're in uh, Kyle, we're moving up to San Marcos, New Braunfels, Texas, and then San Antonio. We have about three or four locations in San Antonio that we wrestle at, and then work our way back down. Well, I have a lot of friends that wrestle in Texas, and that's why I was just kind of curious, you know, if you were primarily, you know, in one area or you, you know, travel to other places. So, yeah, our 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 schedule's been pretty busy. I've been very fortunate to work with a lot of promotions, but as, as right now I've been kind of focusing on the AWR wrestling. Um, we just been keeping a tight schedule. There's not really any room for anything else, and I, and I feel that that we were kind of building our guys and catapulting them to the next level. Uh, and the shows keep growing and growing. The crowds uh, enjoy it. You can see it, and, and you can see new faces every time. And that's what I enjoy of these shows, that, that they're very entertaining. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, we have uh, Mr. Rodriguez here as our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. We got about uh, – well, we got about uh, 23 minutes left. Now, uh, I want to introduce you to my co-host. Now, he's also a wrestler, and I think a match between you two would be uh, a perfect fit. Uh, so, uh, Matthias, even though he forgot to introduce you at the beginning, uh, be nice. What do you have for our guest? Go ahead. Well, yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, the man, again, from every woman's greatest dream, the current reigning, defending, undisputed EWI Diamond and APW World Heavyweight Champion, Matthias here. Welcome on to the show. Um, yes, you did forget to introduce me, but I will forgive you this one time. Uh, I have interacted with uh, Hernandez a couple of times at a couple of shows. He's a pretty good dude. Um, but one of my main questions to you, besides me, of course, uh, what would be one of your uh, dream opponents or dream matches you'd ever get to be a part of uh, in your career? That that I'll still be able to get, be a part of, or that I wish I could have been a part of? Either or. Any any dream match, any dream opponent. 
Man, I think right now, uh, man, that's a real tough question because, I mean, who would love to, to hit anybody in the attitude area? There's a number that we could go through. Obviously, Rock, Stone Cold, who wouldn't love to be those guy, with those guys? But I think a guy that really would stick out to me, and I know is not a real famous guy uh, or everybody's favorite, but, man, I would have loved to have been in the ring so I could learn from this guy, Brett the Hitman Hart. Uh, I think I would have learned a lot of a lot from him. Um, I just, you know, like I said, he's not a not a real big favorite of follower because I was a Shawn Michaels guy. But once I got into the wrestling, I think I would have learned a lot more from Bret Hart. Uh, any uh, dream match you'd like to be a part of one of these days? Well, I any mean, sort uh, of stipulation match... you wish you could do? Well, uh, maybe uh, let's see. I have men. I love the strap matches. I enjoy those a lot. <laughs> one match if I ever could be a part of, and I hope I get to be in one soon, would be a cage match, like a cage kind of a match, either match. like a hell in a cell or a or a steel cage, that kind of thing. Yeah. What, what intrigues you about I, the cage there? What was that? What intrigues you about the cage, a closed cage or, or, or open cage? I've always dreamed of having a cage map, but you remember the 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 nineteen ninety five cage, the blue blue steel cage. Oh, of course, yeah. Oh yeah, I would always love to cage, have right. a cage match like that. Yep, that'd be a good one. Like like with my like as I said, I am the current reigning and defending EWA Diamond Champion, which means that is my hardcore title. That means every match of mine goes to the extreme. So. uh That'd be kind of an odd. That'd be kind of cool to defend that belt in a cage, or uh, any Absolutely. kind of thing else, like maybe a barbed wire match, or a strap match, or a cage match, anything like that. So uh, we have uh, Mr. Rosario as our guest here, and uh, we have about uh, twenty minutes now. Uh, one of our our fans was asking about. Uh, you know, I posted a. Uh, I made a cool collector's card for you. And uh, a couple of our fans were uh, questioning uh, about your ring attire, how you were dressed like a, a bag of Frito-Lay. Could you kind of elaborate <laughs> on that a little bit? Man, I mean, uh, that's just the gimmick. Alberto Del Frito, uh, the Frito Bandito, you know, bring that sucker back. You know, every man, every man would love to be the Frito Bandito, and every woman would love to be with the Frito Bandito. That's in fact, every man would enjoy or let Frito Bandito sleep with their wives, but I won't because I have standards. Well, there. You, see, now that's why. I, well, actually, instead of you guys uh, going up against you, you guys could be uh, you guys could be uh, tag team partners because you guys speak so highly of yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't know how tall and how big he is, but I mean, I'm six foot two, two hundred and sixty pounds. So, I mean, we better give me if he's going to be dressed as Fritos. What am I going to be dressed as? Well, uh, if The Rock was here, you'd probably be dressed like Fruity Pebbles. I mean, that might be an opportunity, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, yeah, because I, well, I mean, I, I, I if, go if, ahead, Greg. Have him wear. Oh, have him wear a bowl of chili, a costume that looks like a bowl of chili. Have a Frito chili pie. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I'll tell you what. I, I, I got the perfect. Uh, 
I, I got the I got the perfect match for you too. Uh, a, a, chi- a bowl of chili match. Uh, the first one that dunks their opponent in a bowl of chili wins the match. Oh wow! With or without uh, Fritos? Well, of course, with Fritos. And then uh, <laughs> here, 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 here's what the rules would be. And Matthias, you can tell me if you go along with this. You have to body slam or uh, put your opponent into the chili. And then to win the game, you have to go to the ring, grab the bag of Fritos, and uh, pour it all over your opponent, and then cover them for the one, two, three. And that's how you'd win the, the, the Chili Bowl match. All right. I mean, I'll, I'll bring, the, I'll I'll bring, I'll bring the sour cream. <laughs> Don't forget the cheese. I mean, you got to have the, <laughs> cheese and the shredded cheese with cheese sauce, too, so, you know. Oh, yeah. And then, Definitely. And, we're going to load what, it up. As, we're from Texas. We're going to load it up over there. Right. And, and as, yeah. we remember, uh, as we remember doing PG language, but uh, uh, Matthias, uh, he, you know a little bit about cheese graters, right? I mean, you've had cheese graters in your in the, your matches before. Yeah, some guy decided to uh, take my my beautiful face and uh, my beautiful facial structure and decided to uh, take a cheese grater to it and grind my face down a little bit into a, a little bit of an eyesore on the top of my forehead. But you know, it's not. I'm I'm used to it. So I mean, if you really want some Matthias flakes in your chili, I mean, I can I can provide that for you, I suppose. If oh, that's wow. your I hope you're cheese. not charging extra. <laughs> At least fifty cents. Fifty cents per plate. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, put, watch, put the, uh, put you gotta the, watch the language though. Mix, mix my blood. Mix some blood in with the with some hot sauce. You won't know the difference. You gotta watch the language though. This is FM radio, so you gotta watch the you gotta watch the language, okay? All right. So now uh, we we were talking about uh, you how you know you got your start in the business. Uh, you know we won't uh, touch on it too much, but uh, you know in 2020, you know we had COVID. How did that affect uh, your career and what you were doing at the time? Well, see, that's that's kind of where we we were just on a roll with our promotion. It was just pumping up, and then 2020 hit. I think our last match. In fact, the last day before the the uh, they shut everything down, we had a show the day before. So we thought that we were going to get shut down. But after that, um, all we could do is kind of go back to training, you know, and just sit there training. So for about a good six months when we, everybody was shut down, uh, we were still kind of lightly training, still getting some work in, um, and that was able to kind of polish some of the guys up. That way, when we came back and started, in fact, when we came back, we were doing drive-in shows. That was really fun. So we kept everybody uh, socially distanced. Everybody had to stay in their car. We were we were uh, uh, announcing the show through an FM radio, and so all you had to do is dial into the FM radio, and you could hear the commentary uh, from the show. And that, those we did about three or four shows like that, and then little by little by little, we just started getting booked up left and right, and uh, we have a ton of shows booked up. Well, you know, now that we have, you know, we basically have two companies now. We have AEW and the, the WWE. One thing i like to ask all the wrestlers that we have on, uh, let's say that uh, one of the representatives from uh, one of the companies saw you in a match, and they told you that they wanted you to come down for a tryout. 
two-part question. One, is that something you'd want to do? And two, when you get that multi-million dollar contract, would you not big-time us and still talk to us? I mean, I don't think that I don't think that I would big time anybody because I think that my success. I'm a small town. I come from a small town, so like I, I feel like I haven't let my success get to my head. Um, but hopefully that 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 still stays true to my word. Um, but you know, if an opportunity like that, if the, everything falls falls in order, I'm not looking for it. But if it happens and roll and it and it's in it's in the works, then why not go for it? You know. The opportunities like this don't just come around. Like I have a very unique opportunity. I wasn't just able to join or, or or get my feet wet in the wrestling business, but now we're actually running a promotion. Uh, I'm learning as much as I can, and and that's a whole different beast than just being an independent wrestler. And uh, what um, what uh, is your schedule like in the next? Well. Uh, do you, do you try and book yourself out uh, once a week, once a month, every other week, every other month? Uh, kind of take us through what your schedule looks like uh, for the rest of the year, if you know. We were we were uh, we were actually with the, uh, we were talking over with the team, uh, and we were kind of actually deciding to just slow down to like one show a month to the at the end of the year. But everything kind of fell into place to where everybody kept calling us. Uh, we're doing uh, shows on the fort uh, at the bases or the military bases. We're doing festivals. Uh, so, like I said, uh, October, November, we're going to be our last two shows. But now we, out of, out of nowhere, we got eight shows booked up. Uh, and wow. so, like just this Saturday, eight uh, Saturday, we're in New Braunfels, Texas. Uh, October twenty third, twentieth through the twenty third, we're going to be at Circuit of Americas. Uh, for the Formula One, so we'll be we'll be wrestling all three days. Uh, we'll get to watch Green Day and and, uh, and and have a great time. Followed uh, right after that, a three day event. We're gonna be at at uh, Fort Sam Houston in San Antonio. For that'll be a show for the troops. Then 29th, we'll be in San Marcos, Texas. November 2nd, back in uh, back in San Antonio for a. Uh, uh, Festival, Woodlawn Festival. It's actually a Dia de los Muertos festival that they're doing in San Antonio. Um, and then, then we'll jump all the way to December 3rd. We'll do a, a small town in Lockhart at a small bar and grill. That's awesome. And uh, so we so we can do this here. For our fans that listen to uh, us regularly, if you go to our Facebook page, Monday uh, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, you like that. You go to 89.1 Kent FM page, you like that. Uh, you do a $10 a month donation to Power of Tower. You get qualified to win an autograph picture from a past guest, current guest, or a future guest. And uh, we were wondering if you'd be willing to send us a few autographs for giveaways. Absolutely, I can do that. Awesome, and I will send you the address and the information on where to send that, and then uh, we'll okay. get everybody qualified for that. And uh, if our fans want to check you out, do you have uh, do you have a Facebook, an Instagram, YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok? What do you got? You can follow us on all social media pa- platforms. It's AWR Wrestling or at AWR Wrestling. Uh, myself, personally, you can follow me at Al- Alberto Del Frito. Um, and most of those links go back and forth. You can see all the upcoming events, all the promos, which are hilarious. You can hit all those up and check those out. Share them if you'd like. <laughs> now, uh, with uh, do you uh, 
with your upcoming events that you talked about, do you know who your opponents are going to be yet, or is that uh, uh, going to be like uh, a surprise uh, as the as the time goes on before you know who you're going to uh, wrestle? Well, we were going to be testing out a few things. Um, like I said, we were going to have just two shows, so we're going to test out a few things. But now we have like eight shows, so now I think we're going to have enough practice to, for whatever we pra- we're going to be practicing to catapult us to 2023, which in which we already have about ten shows booked out for 2023. Wow! And uh, hey, uh, uh, Matthias, uh, would you ever want to go to Texas? Well, I'm always looking to. Uh, well, I'm always looking to uh, go other places and stuff like that. I've been traveling all over the states, so you know, if they want a, if they want a big, a big monstrous heel that's not afraid to uh, go to the extreme or do anything interesting, uh, I'm more than willing to uh, make a travel if we can uh, make some plans. What uh, What would you have to do if you want to come down to Russell for you with you? Send me your info. Let me see what you. I, you know what? I want the. I, I want to get. If you could give me the best promo, we're going to get you booked for 2023. All right. You got a deal. I'll send you out one when I get your information. All right. Now, I'll I will give the, I will uh, share your information with him, and then uh, we'll get you guys hooked up. Because I, I think you guys could do a lot of good stuff together. Uh, you guys both think that you're uh, uh, liked by all the ladies, even though you're not. And uh, you guys think you're pretty tough. Uh, I know you guys are tough. I mean, anybody that can take a uh, a uh, a back drop, back body drop on a table full of thumbtacks like Matthias can, uh, I, he's a pretty tough customer. So you guys might have a lot of fun together. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. All right. Uh, so, uh, uh, <clears throat> what? Um, you know, every 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 wrestler has a uh, a good finisher, and uh, uh, tell us about your finisher. What's involved? Uh, how devastating is it? And uh, please tell me it's not the uh, the Frito Lay. No, no, that's all the ladies. They're free to lay. There you go. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that was a little delay. I'll take that. But anyways, all right. I, I mean, I put it. I put everybody to sleep with the Frito Delusion. Is a small version of the Million Dollar Dream. Well, uh, you know, um, one of the fans uh, that uh, 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 <clears throat> that's listening in the chat room right now is wondering what um, uh, of all the opponents that uh, you've had, uh, have you ever had multiple matches with uh, one individual? Uh, yes, yeah, no, I think Joey Spector was the one that I faced the most. He kind of, when I broke into business, he kind of taught me, he was the one that said, taught me how to set up the ring and and so forth, so I was just kind of following him around um, and just listening to the critique he would give other people and stuff, just putting pieces together, um, and so whenever, whenever me and him are in the ring, it, I think it kind of clicks together. To where we make magic. Awesome. And uh, well, when you're when you're uh, when you're training and you're you're in a match, what is your favorite part in the match besides winning? I think the, the I man, I enjoy the heat. I I, I enjoy the heat. I, I enjoy 
get, getting them down, getting them down. No, you know what? I think I like I like selling more because I think that that's what makes my heat more more than what it is. You know, I don't know if that makes sense because whatever I do is just like little cheap shots and stuff like that. So that's what's going to get the crowd in tune with it. So selling for the baby face is definitely the most important thing. Um, and I think that's the mo- the highlight of, of of what I do. That's awesome. And uh, when you uh, when you uh, go from uh, uh, you know your your different towns in Texas, do you do you plan on branching out? Do you want to go all over? Or do you just want to uh, stay in your home state there? Well, I, I mean, I, I never planned on ha- even having a promotion. So, like I said, when I when I book, I say I have like eight shows booked. I was planning to have two shows booked in hopes that we can just kind of book outside and travel around and get outside the state. We've gone outside the state a couple of times um, as a package deal with, with the carload of wrestlers. So I, I enjoy that. I think, I think the most, you know, I like listening to, to the old school, like, like Jim Cornette stuff. Um, and I always hear him talk about how he learned most, most of the wrestling business in the car. And that can't be more true than anything. It's you know you get so much information and y'all are just there. It's open to ask questions. Why to do this? Why not to do that? Sometimes you'll get heckled for it, but it's better to get heckled in front of four people than do something stupid out in front of a thousand people. There you go. Well, I'll tell you what, we do uh, thank you for joining us tonight. We would definitely like to have you back on again, and uh, I'll get you uh, and Matthias hooked up, and uh, maybe you guys can uh, do something together in the future. Awesome. It sounds like a plan. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Thanks, buddy. All right. The Frito Man himself, ladies and gentlemen. Let's uh, see if uh, our our commercial will fire here, and uh, we'll go to our next guest after this message. And uh, that's not working, so I'll have to do it this way. And uh, let's see. Let's try it like this. As a non-commercial radio station, Ken's FM survives in large part by the generosity of listeners like you who value public radio and have become a member. Your donation continues to allow us to support local artists and musicians and play the music you want to hear, not what advertisers think we should play. It enables us to broadcast feature story news so you can hear the news, not opinions. Public radio doesn't have an agenda. We're not in the business of pushing our point of view. Our mission is simple. Reflect your interests, not the interests of some corporation. If you believe that having an independent, non-commercial, public radio station in your community is a good idea, become a member now. Find out how by visiting our website at www.kensfm.com. And remember, independence has a cost, and it's as little as $10 a month. We are back here on 89.1 Ken's FM. And, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She is the makeup artist of the stars, ladies and gentlemen. She's going to tell you all about being a 3D movie artist and putting makeup and powder and paint on just about anybody you can think of. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you our guest at this time. She is Julie Hatney. 
Hey, this is Julia Hatney, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM with your hosts, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hawkster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. How are you, Julie? Good to have you with us. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. How are you guys? Good. Here's what we're going to do here. If you want to give us a quick little background about yourself, uh, then we'll uh, then I'll ask you a few questions, then we'll do a roundtable, then we'll come back to me and I'll ask you the tougher questions. So give us a little background about uh, who you are and what you do. Um, I'm a special effects makeup artist. Um, I also do beauty, and I work for in movies for film and TV. I also do a lot of music videos, commercials, and all that fun stuff. Uh, so basically, what you could do is uh, you can make uh, you can probably make uh, me look uh, more handsome than I already am, and you could probably uh, work on one of my co-hosts as well, make him look good too as well, right? Absolutely. Um, I tend to go more towards the macabre and like the crazy, so like a lot of like horror kind of stuff. <laughs> so monsters and werewolves and vampires. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, uh, you're. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to Matthias in a second, but I, I, if I'm not mistaken, some of your uh, uh, those that inspired you were Stephen King and Wes Craven. Is that correct? Absolutely. And uh, uh, she's been involved in some great films, such as uh, she's been involved in uh, The Lone Ranger. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, and. Uh, well, she's just got a whole list of... Uh, I was just about to ask her if she wanted to get married. That sounds like my kind of girl. Wes Craven fan, <laughs> my gosh. Well, yeah, like yeah. I, we'll, we'll let you ask her about that. But when you, uh, when you get called to, do, uh, to work on a film, is, is it, uh, uh, do, you, do you have to call the director and say, hey, I'm available, or do they call you word of mouth? How do you uh, get your jobs on, uh, on films? A lot of it is actually word of mouth. Um, You want to work with people that you know, and being recommended by a fellow filmmaker is definitely the way to get the job. I know that sounds hard, but most people end up working for free their first, like, two years just to network and kind of get the network going because it's all about your network. And do you prefer uh, doing stuff where – you can transform a person, make them look better. Uh, do you like to do, like, a lot of, like, uh, blood and gore stuff? Uh, what is your, you know, you mentioned the horror films. I'm sure that's what it is. But what is your favorite kind of makeup to do? Um, I love injury simulation. So all of the gore, that's really the fun stuff. It's like being at a water gun fight only. I'm the only person with a water gun. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, is there any uh, kind of uh, makeup that you've done that's been, like, really, really difficult that uh, you, had, you had trouble grasping or trying to, get, uh, trying to do? Um, the makeups themselves, you're really racing the clock. So it's all about time. Um, like, I've been asked, like, how long do I think I would need for this makeup? And I'll say, like, an hour and a half. And they're like, well, you have 15 minutes. So you kind of, you know, that's really where the struggle is, is with time. Um, <laughs> so I, I guess my question, my next question then is, and we'll do the roundtable here. My, my next question is, and if uh, it's going to take, uh, if you know it's going to take an hour and a half to do uh, somebody's makeup and you only have 15 minutes, how do you handle that? What do you do? You cut corners. 
and you basically lose a lot of the detailing that maybe you had planned. Um, it happens a lot, especially with zombies, because there are days where there will be like 100 zombies. And if there's only a handful of makeup artists, we basically take the number of zombies we have and divide it by the amount of time we have to get everyone ready. And then we try and think to ourselves, like, okay, we're, we're doing 25-minute zombies today. So I have, like, a way to do a 10-minute zombie, a 30-minute zombie, an hour zombie, a three-hour zombie. <laughs> so now when you, when, you, when you do that, I mean, you, all the zombies, they, they all can't be the same. So does the director say, I need this guy to look like this, I need this guy to look like this? Or do they ask for your input and say, uh, what can you do for me? Um, a lot of times it's all like reliance upon the script. So a lot of times we'll meet the person as a human being and then they get turned. So it's kind of all about like what's happening as they turn, how quick do they turn? Will, you know, there be like black stuff coming out of where they were bitten. And so that determines a lot of the looks. Um, and then when we have, a lot of times we'll have three different layers of zombies. So you have like your extreme background zombies, which are more like your 15 minute zombies. And then you'll have, like, your median zombies, and then you'll have featured zombies. And if, it, if a zombie is actually attacking a human, they would be a featured, so we would really hope to have more time with them. Uh, Julia Hapney, so yes, you're on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got uh, 27 minutes here with the makeup artist. Uh, we'll do a little roundtable here. Uh, Granny, uh, what do you have for our guests? Now, uh, we know that you don't need any help looking good, but what do you have for our guests? Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. Um, you know, I know Icon covered a lot of questions that I had kind of thought I might ask, and that's okay. But it yeah, he seems pretty like, talented at that, doesn't he, Granny? <laughs> yeah, he does. It, it sounds like, I mean, you know, because when you said, you know, you only have a certain amount of time to do somebody's makeup, you know, it depends on, you know, of course, what the scene is, what the, you know, character is. What, I mean, what's the most, okay, what is the most interesting makeup job you've ever done on somebody, and what kind of makeup job was it? Um, oh, I've done a lot of really interesting makeups. Uh, one that immediately comes <clears throat> to mind I was actually working for another shop called BGP Effects, and the movie was called Veronica. And the director was Glenn Danzig of The Misfits. <laughs> and so just being on that set was just an experience. Um, the creature that we did was called Albino Spider-Man. So it was a Ooh, guy wow. who had um, additional arms, and it was a full-body suit with um, – you know, like multiple piece prosthetics on his face, and it was it was an extreme makeup. Um, but at you know, to be able to watch the movie and see it come to life, it's really enjoyable. Oh, I bet. And then getting to work with Danzig was really cool. Oh yeah, well, you know, I, I, can, I can said, definitely tell. You, yeah, when you said albino Spider Man, you know. And because that made me think, you know, the Spider-Man movies, you know, when he turned into, you know, when Venom, you know, the, the black Spider-Man type character, you know, and everything. I thought, wow, albino Spider-Man, that's interesting. That is interesting. So, Yeah, it was based on Danzig. He did a comic book, and we basically <clears throat> replicated exactly how it was created in the comic. Wow. So it was, it was wow. cool to see it brought to life. That's awesome. Uh, Julia Hapney is our guest here on 89.1 Kent Tab. we got about uh, 25 minutes. 
Now, uh, people are wondering, you know, well, Icon, you know, you're, you're a show about wrestling. What does it have to do with Well, I'm going to tell you. Uh, Julia was on tour with Marilyn Manson. We're going to ask about that. Now, as everybody knows, that Marilyn Manson once did the theme song for SmackDown called The Beautiful People. And speaking of beautiful people, uh, Matthias, the modern nightmare, I know that, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, you like to have her, you'd like to have her dress you up like somebody else so you can do a sneak attack on somebody. So what do you have for our guest? Go ahead. Well, first off, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed EWI Diamond and APW World Heavyweight Champion, Matthias. Welcome on to the show. Uh, first off, I was going to ask, will you marry me? And uh, second <laughs> off, um, you had mentioned that Stephen King and, um, and uh, of course, the great excuse me, the great director, Wes Craven, uh, were kind of your influences. Now, my main question to you would be, is there a series, like a film series, if you ever could uh, be a part of to do makeup, what would that be? And is there a dream makeup artist you wish you could ever uh, collaborate with? Oh, those are wonderful questions. Um, If I can be on any, like, film series, I want to be on The Purge. I absolutely love all the Purge movies. I just think they're fantastic, and I would love to be a part of that. Um, okay. And then what was the second one, director, or what was Oh, uh, like you, I said that Stephen King and Wes Craven were uh, two of your favorite influences. Now, is there a dream makeup artist that you would ever like to collaborate with? I know for one, mine would be Tom Savini, if ever possible. Absolutely. Yeah, it was I, I, I thought I thought you were gonna go to him. I just <laughs> wanted to take a guess at that. And then um, I was uh, so. What is one of your uh, since you kind of mentioned you're more into the gore and the horror kind of stuff? What was one of your films uh, that you watched throughout the like throughout your life? Was there one that just said, "Hey, I like do it. Like I want to see if I can do this stuff." Or what was there a film that influenced you directly, or was it just kind of a plethora of them? Definitely a lot of films, but some of my favorites um, are like the Puppet Master series. I absolutely love the early Puppet Master movies, specifically one through five. Um, A few others would be like Dr. Giggles, The Ice Cream Man. Um, The Ice Cream Man, what a a classic film, man. Um, I was going to say, and then one one of the films that I thought absolutely killed it with the special effects, and I think you already know about this one, uh, was Day of the Dead. I believe that's what it was, the Day of the Dead one, where uh, um, the military crew, the military crew gets uh, devoured by zombies, and uh, I forget the character's name right now for the life of me, and I can't believe it. Uh, where Bubba the zombie uh, salutes the the uh, captain or the uh, well, I forget his yeah, it had to be captain, and he got his uh, bottom half ripped apart, and he was t- screaming at the zombies to choke on his guts. <laughs> that, that's a very epic death scene. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I know, I, since you said you were more of the zombie, I was like, I was going to say that was probably one of my favorite uh, zombie films to, uh, to ever watch because of just the, but like, have you ever, okay, and I got to ask this too, since uh, Day of the Dead had an incident where, um, of course, the for that guy's death scene, the guts they were using were actually, the freezer actually got unplugged, I don't know if you're familiar with that story, the guts got unplugged, or the freezer did, so when they had to use those for the scene, it just smelled absolutely awful in that room. Did you hear about that story? 
Yes. And luckily for me, um, I don't have to use real body parts. I know they look beautiful, but it's just not sanitary and that doesn't really happen anymore. <laughs> okay. That's what I was going to ask. I'm like, have you ever had an incident where like something like that has ever happened to you or, or anything like that? But you kind of answered that question for me. So um, now I was going to ask something else here, just because since we're talking about horror movies, what was one of your uh, favorite, uh, like, did, were you more of a, but you said you were uh, more of a zombie kind of person, like with your influence for your stuff. But was there like, were you more into slashers growing up, paranormal kind of stuff, or was it always the monster kind of films? Um, actually, probably slashers are my favorite. Um, and then after, okay, slashers, we need to get married. <laughs> <laughs> like, and if anything, like within that, like I'm I'm a Freddy and Chucky girl. I like <clears throat> them because you know they're funny and they have those one liners. Oh my! So, like I I like. I like a fun villain. I like slapstick. I like when they're throwing okay. severed heads, you know, instead of pies. <laughs> well, you know, Matthias, I, I, I know the whole wedding thing, but uh, uh, I, I think uh, our guest has a little more higher standard than a guy that uh, likes to get uh, body slammed on uh, thumbtacks. Well, I mean, she might like that, considering the fact, you know, I like to, I like the violence in wrestling. I like to bleed. I like to uh, go to the extreme. So, you know, maybe that might be an interest of hers if she ever comes to my matches. But uh, now I guess I'll ask one more question since you mentioned Freddie and Chucky. Um, what did you think of the remakes of Nightmare on Elm Street back in 2010 and then Child's Play in 2019? I have not even seen the Child's Play remake. I, I, I hate to talk negative, but I took one look at, like, the trailer, and I was like, mm, yeah, I'm going to pass on this one. And I don't like like to say that, but it's the truth. Now, <laughs> for the yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street remake, what they did with it, I think that it had beautiful makeups. They were going for something more realistic, and they wanted him to be like this special kind of terrifying and scary, which I appreciate. However, I like my Freddy to be, you know, to tell jokes and to be funny. Like I like exactly. the, I like the slapstick of it, and I felt like it it missed out on that. Well, for me personally, um, I did watch the Child's Play 2019 remake, and uh, it was okay. You know, they, they it wasn't uh, – it was just – it was different having cause – because like, here's the thing. In the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street, they don't have Freddy uh, Krueger played by Robert England, which is unfortunate. Right. And then and then in the Child's Play movie – I just worked with him. Oh, with Robert? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll have to ask you about that in a second. So – they didn't have Robert Englund playing Freddy in the remake. And in the Child's Play 2019 remake, they don't have Brad Dourif voicing Chucky. They have Mark Hamill, which, I mean, wasn't terrible casting to book Mark Hamill, but it's like, you know, for me, it's always got to be the OGs. I have to have the original. Like, I can't, I can't really watch a Freddy film without wanting it to be Robert Englund, or I can't watch a Chucky film without it being Brad Dourif. Or, for instance, um, uh, Kane Hodder is one of my favorite Jason actors. I would like for him to play Jason in a lot of the films. And for him not to play Jason in, like, Freddy vs. Jason and stuff was kind of disappointing. But at least Robert got to play Freddy. Now uh, now i got to ask, what was the stuff you did with uh, Robert England? What was the, the no. work you got to do with him? And what was it like working with him, too? Oh, he is amazing, but... Aside from that, so, okay, so the the movie, it's a feature film, and it's called Natty Knox. 
and it's directed by Dwight Little. And he also did one of the Halloween movies. He did like Free Willy 2, super amazing guy. But our starring cast, we have Bill Mosley, we have Danielle, and we have Robert England. Like, wow. like a trifecta of horror. That's awesome. That is, that is, that's a killer cast, especially when you got Bill Mosley as the legendary Chop Top Sawyer. And you've got Robert England as Freddy Krueger. Man, that that had to be that that had to be a blast to do that kind of film. Wow. Yeah, going to work every day I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I, I'd be kind of like, and I, as I always talk to the the wrestlers and stuff like that, uh, when back when I was a fan, you know, if you saw a wrestler that you liked watching on TV, you'd kind of geek out a little bit or whatever. Now, being in the business and being a wrestler myself, it's kind of like they're one in the family. So it's like, I, I mean, like if, if I were to see Robert England or if I got to ever work with him on that project, I'd probably be doing the exact same reaction uh, in my personal opinion because, you know, he's one of my favorite uh, horror movie actors growing up. Now, one more question that I can kind of – that just popped into my mind because this movie I thought was actually very, very well done. Have you seen um, – the movie X and the prequel Pearl, perchance? I have not. I haven't seen either of those. Okay, so I must recommend those for you. I don't know if you've ever heard of them or whatever, but it, but uh, since you are a horror movie fan and uh, I'm a big horror geek myself, I have to say watch X and Pearl. Pearl is the most recent one to come out. It's still in theaters. It's a slow, well-built film like to lead to a woman just going psycho. So I think it was uh, – it, it, I'd have to recommend it definitely for a watch. Uh, uh, we, do, uh, for we do need to take a quick little time out here to do a quick little legal uh, business, and then we'll be back after these messages. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZ-FM, Holly, Fargo-Moorhead, independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. All right, Julia Hapney is our guest here We're on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got about uh, 14 minutes. Uh, uh, but before you uh, put everybody else to sleep, I, uh, your, your, your book report of questions, do you have anything else uh, so uh, I can ask of you? Well, you know, Icon, I guess, you know, this is, uh, this is your program initially. If I, if I could sit there, I could talk to her for hours. So, I mean, if, if you really want to take over, I'll let you take over the business. Well, no, no, I'll let, I'll let you ask a few more questions, but uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask a few questions that would lead into some more from you. Okay, well, you know, go, go right ahead, start off. i got to think of a couple more because, uh, actually, you know, I will think of one. I do have a – is there a specific film that you watch throughout history that um, still gets you to this day, like for, for like for like maybe a death or just maybe the scares or anything like that? Is there one that always uh, will get your goose? You know, like, Julia, for me, it would be either The Cube or Terror Train with uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, I'll tell you what, I will never watch that movie at night <laughs> ever again. Um, a movie that just straight up disturbs me, and it's not really horror, but it's horrific, is Requiem for a Dream. Like, that movie you okay. just can't wait to watch. I know. Then, I've, uh, oh, irreversible, scary stuff. I think it's called Irreversible. That one too. <laughs> yeah, because I was gonna. There's uh, there's one movie, and I'm not sure if you've ever seen it. It's uh, it's called Hatchet. I don't know if you're familiar with that oh, series that or not. Okay, it's so. Daniel, 
Guard. In yep, Daniel movie. Harris. Yeah, yeah, Daniel Harris uh, is one of the characters. Um, it was the uh, the one reason that it kind it still kind of gets to me is because I can't watch the second death of that film without ever cringing. And I know I'm I'm pretty sure you're familiar about it, the one where the woman gets her, you know, head ripped open. I was just like like from the mouth. It's just like no. I just it, I can always feel my cheeks ripping as he's pulling her pulling it apart, and it's just yeah. It's just it, it's it's cringy for me. It's like uh. Uh, Julie Hadney's our guest here. We've got about uh, 12 minutes left here. Uh, now, Julie, I'm I'm gonna uh, you know you've done a lot of mo- uh, a lot of stuff with uh, both uh, the big screen and the small screen. Is there is it is it more difficult to do a weekly TV series compared to a uh, big uh, big movie? Um, I mean, obviously, the bigger the budget, the easier the show is. But like, okay, so I did the, this. Actually, I think you guys might like this. There's a show I did called Guardians of Justice. And it's available yep. right now on Netflix, and it stars Diamond Dallas Page and John Hennigan. And I, so there are a couple of wrestlers that I got to work with for a few weeks. But when we were making this back in 2015, we didn't know where it was going to go. Um, and then, like, you know, it just premiered this year. So, like, seven years later, it made it to Netflix. So when you're working with Diamond Dallas Page, did, uh, uh, every morning before you put him in uh, the makeup chair, did he have you do some DDP yoga? He definitely showed me some moves. He is one of the nicest guys in the entire universe. That's awesome. Now you've uh, you've been on a, a few uh, uh, TV shows that I want to ask you about. Uh, like uh, you did uh, the TV series The Clinic, uh, Video Game Reunion, um, The New Adventures of Peter and Wendy, uh, The Fourth Door, which I really enjoyed. And there's one that we can't talk about. Uh, it's, it has to do with going to the ER, but we can't talk about that one. Oh. But uh, of those ones I named, uh, which one was your favorite to work on, or are they both equal, or all equal? Oh, Game Reunion, hands down. Video Game Reunion is probably my favorite show I've ever worked on, ever. That group of people are some of my best friends. Like, there was just a group of, like, 40 of us, and we all just became best friends. And it's been well over 10 years since we shot it, but we still, like, get together. We're still like a family. Like, it's, it's insanity how, how much we came together on that show. So did you, uh, did you uh, do makeup like you, you dressed up one bar, somebody like Link or someone like Mario or Luigi or stuff like that? Is that basically what it was? Yeah, the idea is so amazing. So it's basically, like you said, it's Mario and Luigi. We have, um, you know, the princess, Princess Peach, But we also kind of add in these, like, new storylines, like, as if Mario and Princess Peach were a couple and they had a daughter and now she's a teenager and her name's Lil P. And so it's just, it's hilarious. And it's basically, it's for people that grew up, you know, playing these video games and now you can see the characters come to life. Um, And it's got Link and Zelda. It's got Mega Man. It's got Kung Fu Guy, who I didn't really know who Kung Fu Guy was when we were filming it. And everybody was kind of like, that's part of the joke. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And, uh, and when, you, when did you first realize that you had a knack uh, for doing uh, makeup like this? Um, I've always enjoyed art. Like, I've always loved to draw and I, sewing and just, like, making stuff. Like, the you know, creating, it just gives so much, like, personal satisfaction that I've I've done it basically my whole life for as long as I can remember. Uh, Julie Hatton is our guest here on 89.1 Kent FM. we got about nine minutes. 
Uh, and for those of you who listen to our show regularly, if you go to our Facebook page, Add to Air, Monday Live Monday, you like that, go to 89.1 Ken's FM page, like that, do a $10 a month uh, donation, Power of the Tower, we'll get you automatically qualified to win an autographed picture from a past guest, current guest, and a future guest. And, uh, Julie, you're hoping you'd, uh, you'd be willing to send us a few uh, that we can uh, use for giveaways. Yes, absolutely. I actually got some printed out um, with me and John Hennigan and me and Diamond Dallas Page. Awesome. Cool. As long as I get a personal made one, I'm okay with that. Well, okay. <laughs> can you, Julia, can you sign one to Matthias? You have the address, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll also include my future husband. Yeah, right. Uh, keep <laughs> dreaming, buddy. Uh, so uh, the the next question I have is that uh, I'm guessing that uh, Halloween is probably your favorite time of year, obviously probably your favorite holiday. How many different Halloween makeup contests have you won in your in your lifetime? Actually, growing up, I won quite a few. When I was a little kid and my mom was actually doing my makeup for Halloween, um, I won a Teddy Ruxpin when I was really little. And I just remember being so happy that I won that Teddy Ruxpin. Um, but you still have I it? Actually started a career, uh, no, I wish. My mom also gave away my Sega Genesis and my trampoline and all, all the fun stuff. <laughs> How dare she? Well, I'll tell you well, what. I'm going to tell. I'm going to tell this story real quick here. Uh, you know, when Transformers, uh, when Transformers came out, uh, I had the deluxe transform. Uh, um, what, what was his name? The who's the the big? What is it? Megatron? And uh, help me out, Matthias. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not sure exactly what you're trying to refer to here. Well, I'm anyway, Transformer fan. Well, I, I had the deluxe uh, Transformers playset, and I still had in the box. I never played with it. And uh, when I went away to college um, and my parents kicked me out of the house, I left it at my parents' place. And then when uh, Transformers came out, uh, I found out that uh, the deluxe playset online was going for $3,000. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go grab that thing, and I'm going to pay for a, a year's tuition. And I went to the garage where I left it. And it wasn't there. I asked my mom. I said, hey, where's my transformer? She said, oh, I gave it to your nephew. I'm like, oh, no. So I, I go to my nephew, and I say, I asked him where my transformer was. He said, oh, it's out in the pool. He's swimming out there. Oh. So uh, that was $3,000 that I lost, and it took me about a month and a half to, before I talked to my mom again. Uh, <laughs> and I actually have a Pokemon card that's worth more than that currently. Yeah, I, I I know you're I know you're a Pokemon guy. Oh, Optimus Prime, that's who it was. Okay, there yeah. you go. Thank okay. you. My uh, the funny thing is, uh, my foster kid uh, when he was like about 11 years old. So when did Optimus Prime come out? I don't see the date here. But anyway, uh, when he was about 11 years old, he dragged me to a Transformers movie, and I'd never seen one before. And the coolest thing is it was in 3D. Yeah. And so every time that uh, uh, one of the uh, uh, Transformers would get, you know, hit or, or wrecked or something like that, you had all this shrapnel landing in the seat beside you. <laughs> it was really funny. But he filled me in on the entire, there's a big story behind all of these characters and uh, all of these people and uh, the people that played the uh, Transformers. I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, no, no. Personally, for me, if I wanted to watch two big robots or two big things fight it out, I'd definitely watch Power Rangers because I actually have two of their Megazords still as a kid. I still got them standing up in my uh, 
in my old childhood room. They have not been touched uh, ever since uh, since my since I was in elementary school or middle school. I set them up, and I haven't touched them since. So I'm hoping they get to be uh, worth some money nowadays. That's awesome. Uh, we only have uh, we only got about uh, five minutes here left, uh, so we can do this here with my future wife. Yeah, so we can do this here, Julie. If our fans want to check out, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? Um, I'm on Facebook, and I just started Instagram, so I'm very new to the game. But Julia Hatney, I'm on Instagram. I think I've made four posts, but I'm I'm starting it. <laughs> And uh, uh, one uh, one other, a couple other uh, questions here, uh, and then unfortunately, you know, I wish, and I know Matthias, wish we had uh, we had five more years with you, but we only got about four minutes. Now, is there any time that you watched a movie and you saw like the makeup, like, uh, and you're like, man, I could do that much better? Has that ever happened? Um, because I work in the industry, I know not to judge, like in a way that I don't know if they were given five dollars in one minute. You know, I don't know if this was like a last minute thing that was thrown in there. So without knowing all the circumstances, you know, like it's, it's best not to judge. <laughs> and, uh, 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 what is, uh, what is, uh, the, uh, a main project that you're working on now that, uh, that you can tell us if you can tell us on uh, what you might be working on now? Yeah. Unfortunately, everything I'm working on now is all NDAs. So I can't really talk about current jobs. I can pretty much just talk about stuff that's already shot and can come it's coming out soon <laughs> well can you at least tell us how many different uh, projects you're working on right now um well this this week i'm on two different productions all right and oh, uh i did, I did the d23 convention for disney and i did the avengers musical <laughs> Wow, it's that's by awesome. Like Rogers, I want to say. And it's actually like the first episode of Hawkeye, like that musical that they're all doing on the stage. We brought that to life, and I department headed the makeup on that. <laughs> and uh, when, uh, when you're uh, – real quick here, when you're working with somebody and you're doing their makeup day after day, uh, I guess you, you have a bond that you form with them, Correct. Absolutely. The bond actually starts when, when I very first do their makeup. Um, they're trusting me. As I'm applying most of the time, you know, they're there with their eyes closed, and so they can't really see what I'm doing, and they just, you kind of start with that immediate trust. And then once things um, kind of go downhill, like say that I were to, you know, do something that they didn't approve of, that's when, you know, I guess that's when you'll lose trust. But I feel like you start with the trust already. That's awesome, and uh, when uh, you're uh, when you're doing all the the different makeup, and uh, you know, like you say, one question that I have: What is the longest makeup session you've ever had with one actor or actress? That would probably be Albino Spider Man from Veronica. I want to say it was like eight to ten hours. It was a really really long application, and there were I believe four of us artists working on it. Wow, can you guys imagine being in a, in a makeup chair for eight hours? Probably, you know, I, I tend to get close to that when I'm, you know, preparing my gear for my next upcoming match. It's, it feels like an eternity when you're waiting to get out there and whoop some butt. So, I mean, you know, kind of, kind of similar. 
Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Julia, you have been awesome. We thank you very much, and uh, we would definitely love to have you uh, on back. If we I haven't, sure uh, yeah, if we haven't scared you way too much, we'd love to have you on again with us. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to come back. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. We thank it's been really you. Really uh, <laughs> Thank you for taking time out of your schedule, and thank you for uh, helping us promote the show as well with all your fans. Yay! <laughs> awesome. Uh, Julia, have you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, is this thing ready to go? We can fire a commercial, and then uh, we'll go to our next guest after this break. The new Woodspring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended-stay pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by TrustScore. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She is about to put a spell on all of us. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the greatest illusionist in the history of illusionists. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one and only Lynn Nilies. Hello there. How are you? Hey, this is Lynn Dillies. Go ahead. Yeah, you're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM with your hosts, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. How are you tonight, uh, Lynn? It's good to have you. I, I guess you just got off stage on a, uh, you were just on stage at a show, I guess, right? Yes, I was. No, I'm, I'm doing great, trying not to disappear. <laughs> How are you? Well, uh, I'll tell you what. I know there's a few people that like uh, would like to have uh, you make me disappear, but we can talk about that later. But here's what we're going to do. If you give us a little background about yourself, and then uh, I'll ask a few questions, then we'll do a roundtable, and I'll ask you the more difficult questions. Sure. So I've been in magic since I was 12 years old. I started um, when I was a young girl, very, very shy, um, bullied in school, had hardly any friends, and then there was this incredible TV show called The Magician starring the late Bill Bixby, and he used his magic on this show to fight crime, and it was really intriguing to me. So I had my dad bring me to a local magic shop and buy me a couple of these little tricks, you know, that could fit in your pocket called pocket tricks, and I brought them home and practiced them, was very diligent about practicing, and before you know it, I brought them to school with me, and I was doing magic on the school bus in the lunchroom, and just my life was transformed. I just knew what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. My shyness started to disappear. I started doing, you know, local shows, birthday parties, even shows in my neighborhood. I'd make a bunch of tricks up and put them in a cardboard box and walk around the hood, and I'd ring my neighbor's doorbell and ask if they wanted to see a show in their living room. And um, all of this to gain experience while I had a vision of where I wanted my magic to go, and that was to be, um, you know, performing around the country with a big touring production. And uh, with a lot, a lot, a lot of hard work, a lot of family support, it came to fruition. And that's what I've been doing um, for many, many years. 
Uh, Lynn Dilley is our guest here on 89.1 Kent FM. we got uh, 38 minutes here with uh, uh, our favorite illusionist. Now, when you uh, decided to, uh, you know, when you're going door-to-door and doing uh, shows in living rooms and stuff, uh, did you uh, did you also start out doing, like, putting ads in, like, the paper saying that you can do, like, kids' parties, stuff like that? I didn't really advertise back then. It was mostly word of mouth. Uh, and it and it spread pretty quickly, uh, you know. Scout groups, even nursing homes, um, just you know anything that I could do to gain experience. And what would you say is your most favorite thing about performing live? It's exhilarating. It's it's um, such an adrenaline rush. It's like being on a roller coaster. <laughs> you know, you're climbing up that hill, and it's you know, making that ticking noise, and you get to that top of the hill, and then, you know, the curtain opens, and that's when you just go down that first hill. It is such a rush uh, to be able to wow audiences, um, bring them, you know, just this wonderful experience. Um, there's nothing like performing live. It's, it's incredible. And, uh, uh, Lynn, I'm going to introduce you to our, uh, my first co-host, uh, uh, is Granny Hulkster. Now, I know that uh, she would like your help in making uh, her arch nemesis disappear, so that's Jay Fox. Uh, <laughs> Granny, maybe you can ask her to help you with that. Well, that would be awesome. Well, wel- welcome to the show. And I'll tell you, I love magic. I love to watch, you know, magic. I mean, um, I... You know, I always loved to watch David Copperfield. There was a a guy in, I live in Arkansas, so there was a a theater in Branson, Missouri. I believe his name was Kirby Van Birch, and he was an illusionist. And, I mean, he was Mm -hmm. absolutely amazing. And, you know, he worked with the White Tigers and, and everything. Sure. What is one of your most favorite acts that you had the opportunity to do throughout your career and who were some of the illusionists you might have worked with? Yeah, well, let's see. Um, An illusion that's my signature closer in the show is called Metamorphosis. And it's a fairly standard illusion, but the way that we present it, it's probably the fastest of its kind in the world. And, um, you know, it's just so organic it it uses a a wooden crate basically and my assistant tj um is shackled you know with handcuffs and uh, placed inside of a cloth sack in this crate that we show empty and then um the sack is tied up and then the the lid put on the um, trunk crate whatever you want to call it and then i padlock all four sides of it and then there is a kind of a 360 degree curtain type um, frame that I hold as I just very quickly, it's like trick photography. I just literally climb on top of this trunk and then grab this curtain, bring it up to my shoulder. It's that fluid. And I just give it a quick little toss, boom, and I am like gone and he is in my place. It looks like trick photography. Wow. Amazing. Wow. It really is very, very cool. And it's just like I say, it's just so basic, but it's, it just, it really brings audiences to their feet. It's so exciting because we use a lot of choreography to music and have a lot Mm -hmm. of original music composed. And so, and then I come out of the illusion at the end with the handcuffs on and then I'm in a completely different costume at the end of the show. 
Um, oh, I've been wow. doing that one for years, and it's like the 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 timing, the precision. Um, there's so much that goes into these illusions. It's it's extraordinary. Um, you have to be in really good physical shape and really take care of yourself to pull these things off. But um, another uh, really magnificent illusion that I did, getting all these accolades for breaking magic history and everything, was back in 2000. Um, there was a local zoo that was reopening. It had been closed for renovations for four years. And I knew that they had couple of elephants that resided at the zoo and they were still there. I proposed the idea to the mayor of the city that when the zoo reopened in the summer of 2020, uh, that, or 2000 I should say, yeah, that was a while ago, um, that I would make one of the elephants appear out of thin air for the audience, a live audience. And he said, you can do that? And I said, yes, I can. Uh, he's like, wow, that would be so exciting, you know, and and I said, all right, well, you know, let's let's do it. So worked on it for months and months and months. I rehearsed with the elephant, came up with the premise for the illusion. But it bothered me that there were these two elephants who were really bonded with each other and that I was only using one. Well, halfway through this whole journey, I had like a lightning bolt brainstorm of a way that I could also produce the second elephant in succession. So I would do the first um, part of the illusion, and I'll just give you the, the quick rundown on how it went. It was really cool. It was this big, huge um, structure of truss. We used like 300 feet of this aluminum truss. And then in the middle of it, um, suspended, was a rectangular metal framework with four sides of fabric attached to it that were rolled up. And you could see through it, around it, and back of it, everything, just right in the middle of this open field in front of a, about a thousand people. And then I came out and released each um, panel of material, each one unrolled to the ground, creating an enclosed rectangular box. And then very dramatically, you know, I, I signaled for this whole contraption to be lowered to the ground, and there was the first elephant. And people absolutely freaked out. It was the most... Um, aha moment of my entire career when that first elephant appeared. Um, so then I had the elephant walk away, and then I had them repeat the illusion immediately. I had my assistants, it took about 12 people, to raise that canvas box again in the air, and then it dropped, boom, and there was the second elephant. And that That's created wow. magic history. It was really wow. unbelievable. Yeah, two elephants in succession. And both of those uh, elephants are still at the zoo. <laughs> uh, Lynn Dilley's is our guest here. We've got th- uh, 30 minutes here with uh, Lynn, and uh, this, this is going to be awesome. But, uh, uh, Lynn, I'm going to introduce you to uh, Matthias. Now, he's a, he's a wrestler, and uh, he's wondering if you could teach him how to make his opponents disappear uh, before they hit the ring so he can just get an easy victory. Well, first <laughs> off, you are, you have, you're talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, the current reigning defending EWI Diamond and APW World Heavyweight Champion, Matthias, welcome on to the show. Um, I really don't worry about my opponents uh, having to disappear. I would make sure if you could, like as Icon said, if you could make him disappear, that'd be great, or if you could make uh, Granny Hulkster's age disappear, that would be even better. Um, but I regard nonetheless. Uh, my main question to you would be: Have uh, as 
any kind of prof- as any kind of profession, uh, you kind of have like hecklers or doubters or haters. Has there been any that have like come to your show and and tried to mess with you, or is there one like that just stopped you out of the blue and was like, hey, you like I'm just kind of spouted off their opinion and you had to prove them wrong? Yeah. Um. You know what? I I tell you, I am very fortunate. I have not had that kind of encounter. Um, I really strive to get the audience in the palm of my hand right at the beginning of the show. So it keeps them riveted. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not that big a person. I'm, I'm um, probably 100 pounds soaking wet. But <laughs> they, they tell me that I'm kind of a dynamo on stage, and, and it's part of the illusion. So I, um, with... The choreography, the excitement of the illusions and, and everything, it's, it's a really powerful experience. And that is so important to get that audience in the palm of your hand so that you can command the audience. And from there, they're riveted, um, if you want to call it mesmerized, hypnotized, whatever, um, spellbound by the magic. And, and that's really an important factor in what I do. So fortunately, I've not had that kind of situation happen. And not to mention, you are beautiful as well. Don't forget about that. Oh, that's an illusion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go Thank ahead, Matthias. What else you got? Well, I mean, that was kind of it. I mean, because like I, I was talking about with uh, with certain professions, like you know, comedy, they try to you know get people to come on stage, or they or people are yelling them on stage, or like in wrestling, when you're done with your show and you know and you're tearing down the ring, they try to you know talk to you about how it's that f word i'm not going to ever say uh throughout the business or anything like that or they say Mm -hmm. oh that's one big trampoline it's like well and get in the ring and i'll show you what it really feels like you know and so that was kind of just my my main question and then uh granny kind of initially took my uh my original one which is okay um i guess one of my i guess i could ask this one what was one of the uh the bigger what was one of the biggest crowds you've ever had to perform in front of? And is there a dream venue you wish you could ever perform at? Um, I would love to have a run on Broadway um, just because of, you know, different priorities in my life and so forth. I, I haven't had that opportunity. Um, I would like to pursue that someday. As far as venues, my goodness, I have been so fortunate, you guys. I, I mean, I've, I've, performed at Lincoln Center in New York three times with the Symphony Orchestra. That's another really cool program I put together where I perform my illusions in front of a full symphony and they play classical music for the magic. And um, I played some beautiful concert halls around the country. Um, A couple years ago, before the pandemic hit, I played the Wells Fargo Arena and that held about 6,000 people. It was a big... um, corporate event so that was really exciting you know that was probably at around six thousand people i'd say biggest audience oh wow yeah. uh lynn dillies is our guest here we got 80 uh we're on 89.1 kens fm we got about 26 minutes now uh lynn one thing i was going to ask you about is uh you have uh, quite a few awards that you've won uh Society of American Magic, uh, the Milbourne Christopher Award, first female illusionist recipient, International Magician Society, uh, the Merlin Award, the Female Illusionist of the Year, 
Parent Choice Award, Dove Foundation Award, Film Advisory Board Award of Excellence, uh, the iParent Award. Uh, you must have like a like a whole woman cave just full of awards and plaques, <laughs> I would guess. Ah, oh, <laughs> thank you so much. I'm pretty proud of them. I think probably the most proudest one I've received um, was the Milbourne Christopher Award. And that's a, kind of a big deal in magic from the Society of American Magicians. And that's based on your contributions to the art of magic. And I was the, um, the first female illusionist to ever receive that award. That was back in 2013. And uh, it's sort of like the equivalent of the Academy Award in magic uh, to be so highly respected by your peers. It's a very competitive industry. And it just so happens that this coming Saturday that I'm going to be headlining that award ceremony by performing for all of the recipients and the audience. So that is such an honor to me to be able to do that. Now, when you go into a show, is there um, is there is there a, a difference when you go to like a smaller venue, like uh, like uh, I don't know, like an elementary school uh, program or a, a a big venue? Is there any difference in uh, the way you uh, set up your performances and do your performances? Yes, um, everyone is pretty customized, um, except for my standard theater show, you know, for a venue that is, ranges between, say, you know, a theater of 800 to, you know, a couple thousand people. Um, that's a standard 90-minute show, and, um, you know, I, I know that it takes 10 to 12 hours to set up once the truck is unloaded and yada, yada. But um, a smaller venue like an elementary school, because we do it all, um, you know, something like that is a lot different. Uh, we we just have very limited lighting and maybe not a lot of stage space and just, you know, really focus on, on the kids and, and what it's all about um, and just give them a really, you know, exciting performance without, you know, getting into all this technical stuff with the production and whatnot. So that might take about, I'd say, three to four hours to set up for that kind of a a show and it's not as long. It's about 45 minutes long. Depends on the age group too. You know, we try to customize it. So, you know, of course, my my heroes in magic not only are you, but uh, growing up it was uh, David Copperfield and Lance Burton. Uh, who were your sure. major influences? And who were you, and of course Marshall Brody, which a lot of people don't know. Uh, he was Wizzo, the Wacky Wizard on uh, the Bozo Show. But when uh, you were growing up, who were your major influences? Who did you look up to? And have you had a chance to work uh, with any of them? Yeah. Um, well, I, I, you know, have known quite a few of them, but the one that was really my role model in magic, I would have to say, was the late Doug Henning. I don't know if you guys remember Doug Henning. Um, yes, he definitely. became popular around the, the David Copperfield era. And uh, it, was, it was really cool because he broke a lot of the stereotypes in magic. You know, he didn't wear the top hat and the tails. And he, he um, just had this wonderful um, effervescent personality. He, he just tried to break through so many barriers and make the experience a lot of fun for the audience and really draw them in and he was very very warm and personable and um he also had a lot of choreography too in his in his uh, magic so he was a big influence on my style and my passion and uh you said you did get to meet him 
I did get to meet him, yes, um, after a performance when he came to Boston. And, um, you know, then he he had, you know, great success. My goodness, he was, you know, a household name, that's for sure. And then he decided to kind of retire from magic and pursue this passion that he had with transcendental meditation. And he studied with the Maharishi over in India and so forth and kind of gave up on on the uh, stage magic, you know. And um, then after a number of years, it was really kind of weird because I ended up having this agent slash manager that was trying to book my, my big symphony shows. He used to manage Doug Henning. So that was kind of a full circle thing. And then Doug Henning wanted to get back into magic. And I was on the road um, performing at a bunch of theaters, and one of my props broke. And this particular prop, the manufacturer was out in California, a guy named Dan Birch. And I called Dan. I said, hey, Dan, you know, this this whatever prop broke. You know, I said, do you have a replacement for me? He said, Lynn, you won't believe this. Now, in the meantime, um, Doug Henning had, like I say, he wanted to get back into some magic. He got a couple of small props. And then he got sick. He had cancer, and he died. And this manufacturer, Dan Birch, said, you're not going to believe this, Lynn, but one of the props that Doug Henning bought was the one that you need to have replaced, and I have that, and I am going to send it to you. I'm like, wow. wow. And I still have that, and I use that so often in my shows, and it really has such a special meaning to me. Yeah, Yeah, Doug cool. Henning, uh, he, he passed away at the young age of 52 of liver cancer, and what I remember most about uh, Doug Henning when I was a kid, uh, he was actually on the Muppet Show. He did a uh, he did a trick with uh, Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy. So I remember him from that. <laughs> yes, yes, he um, you know he was he was quite a performer. He was a fabulous magician, illusionist. Yeah, so he really inspired me a lot. Uh, Lynn Dilley's our guest here on 89.1 Kens FM. We've got about 19 minutes here with Lynn, and I wish it were 19 more years because I have uh, so many uh, other questions I'm going to ask. I'm going to try and get to as many as I can, and if you guys have any other questions, just kind of chime in. The first thing I want to ask about is what is your favorite trick to do? Oh, the one that I mentioned earlier, metamorphosis. You know, I've been doing that for many, many, many years, um, but it's just a combination of being such a crowd pleaser but it's also technically the most difficult. It happens to be the last illusion in the show. My show is very physical. These illusions that we do, I mean, they're just, some of them are very grueling. And when you've been on your feet for 10 hours setting up for the big show, and then you have to deliver, uh, you know, a really exciting, high-energy, 90-minute performance, and I leave the stage myself for about 30 seconds, that's it. That's it. So it, it's just full tilt, and then this illusion, which is the most difficult, is at the very end. So I never, never, never take that one for granted because the precision and the execution is just has to be so spot on. There's no room for error. And, um, you know, I just I get this adrenaline rush every single time before I do it. And, you know, maybe some other people would say, eh, piece of cake. Come on, you've done it thousands of times. But... No, can't take your eye off the ball. So that for me, that's definitely my favorite because I know the reaction it gets. It's it's incredible. So, 
Uh, we do have a couple uh, uh, fan chat room questions that uh, I want to ask here. Uh, one fan asked, uh, would you or have you ever been on Penn & Teller Fools? I have not. Um, that recently has become um, on my bucket list. Uh, I've been working on something. It's not quite ready. I don't know if it will be ready for next season or not, but I hope so. Um, it's something that's totally out of the realm of what I normally do. But, um, yeah, I think it's a really cool show. I love it. And then uh, another fan asked, and I'll understand if you don't want to ask this, but uh, did you have an opinion on when they were doing the Masked Magician and uh, revealing all the magic secrets? Uh, do you have an opinion on that? Oh, yeah. Uh, I was not happy about that at all. Um, I just thought it was almost a crime. And um, unfortunately, what it did was not everything that was revealed was accurate. Um, for instance, if somebody thought, oh, so that's how they saw a lady in half, uh, they might not have revealed the real secret to it, but what it did was it opened up a can of worms in the audience's mind that that, that concept could be adapted to different things that you do in the show. And um, it was really upsetting for quite a few um, years, but then, but then it just sort of fizzled, you know, faded away and um it wasn't it wasn't quite as dramatic as when it first happened, but we were all very upset about it. All the magicians and illusionists collectively and you know, we we tried to fight it, we tried to um get a lawyer involved and, you know, boycott all the um all the companies that, you know, were were um advertisers on the show and so forth. They had a captive audience because at the time they had this yearly, um, it was around Thanksgiving, this TV special where they had a bunch of magicians on, and and they knew, you know, that there would be a lot of people out there that wanted to know how all this stuff worked, so it was uh, such a win-win for them, but um, fortunately, you know, I think we've overcome that, and and, uh, everything's okay right now, but it was pretty upsetting, yes. And uh, you... uh... It, and it is true that uh, you, as a, a magician slash illusionist, you guys do have a, a code that you follow, correct? We sure do, absolutely, and we take it very seriously. And uh, and uh, you know, like uh, that show broke the broke the code, so uh, that would automatically if you break the code of magic, you 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 definitely get yourself expelled from uh, anything involved, right? Yes, yes. All the um all the magic organizations, um two major ones, the Society of American Magicians and the International Brotherhood of Magicians. Absolutely. And uh I, I was kinda curious, you know, you have uh, a lot of uh different uh uh you know, on your website here, which I'll have you pitch in a little bit, but you have a lot of different uh costumes and cool costumes that you wear. Now do you uh do you design all those yourself or do you have a costume designer for some of these awesome things like this uh multicolored jacket that you're wearing? I really like that. Oh, thank you so much. Um yes, I've had a fabulous costume designer. Her name's Anne Marie Kudo. She lives locally and she um has had a great vision for my stage persona and what will look good on me. Um, the challenge for any designer 
is that some of these illusions are, are these contraptions that I have to, you know, fit into and so forth. Um, sometimes she'll dream up this fabulous idea, but it's like, Anne, that, that's just not going to work because, you know, all these different things that I have to do within the illusion, you know. Um, but she's she's had, you know, like I say, great vision, and, and we've had such a, a great rapport with each other, and she's also a very dear friend. Um, but thank you very much. I'm going to pass that compliment along to her. So now as, as you're performing, you know, uh, you have like, uh, like one costume you like wear on like a Monday and then you have a show on Tuesday, you wear a different costume or, uh, does your designer make, uh, like seven different of the same costume that you can wear every day? No, pretty, pretty much. Um, you know, it's a, it's a one and done. Um, you know, so I'll wear the, the same sequence of costumes, for a show, uh, might be a little different, you know. For instance, if I have, say, uh, a corporate show, uh, that costuming might be a little different, um, as is a Magic at the Symphony show. Um, they're a little bit more on the sophisticated slant. Um, but I don't have multiple costumes, maybe just for a couple, where I do a costume change from my final illusion because those take a beating. But ordinarily, you know, it's just. Um, these costumes that you hope last quite a long time or, you know, she'll refurbish them for me. And uh, do you, uh, do you uh, have any plans on like putting out like a, uh, uh, like a uh, DVD or like, uh, like doing like classes teaching magic to uh, up and comers that want to learn the craft? Well, I actually did come out with a DVD. It was quite a while ago, but it's um, become basically a classic. Um, I had originally had these magic kits manufactured, uh, but I wasn't happy with the quality of the tricks, and I thought it was really difficult for kids to, you know, not have a visual aid to help them learn the magic, Um, you know, just a, a small booklet that would accompany the magic kit. And and myself, I thought it was fairly disappointing that, you know, they got all excited about, you know, the packaging and everything, and they open it up, and, you know, it's not easy to understand the um, the workings of these little tricks. So I said, well, you know what, I'm going to come up with this DVD that will teach children how to do magic with everyday objects. And the DVD takes the viewer through the entire process. First, I demonstrate the trick that they will learn and then reveal the secret and then give them all the items that that they need to, you know, find in their house and they're pretty basic. And then here's how to do the trick and how to perform the trick. And that that was um, pretty successful. And I I give away those DVDs during my show to the volunteers, and then I sell them afterwards, and they are sold on my website as well. And that, that's been a really effective way for kids to – it's a really good introduction for them to get into magic. You know, and, and um, I, I don't know if I, I should admit this or not, but uh, I remember when uh, your DVD, uh, Learn Magic with Lynn, came out in 2007, and I actually bought it, and I still have it. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> well, that was a and, while ago, uh, sure. Well, yeah, and uh, I'm like, uh, you know, uh, 
back then when I first started watching, because I've always been, I've always been into magic. Uh, I've never been able to do anything uh, correctly. Uh, I mean, most of the, when I, not that you care, but when I used to do magic on stage, people like going, Hey, can you make yourself disappear and uh, bring on the real guys? No. (laughs) Uh, I'm serious. Actually, I had a, uh, it was at a high school thing and uh, someone yelled in the audience, Hey, make yourself disappear. Let's, go on to the next person. So I was kind of devastated. But uh, anyway, uh, when you're doing uh, your your performances and you're out there on the crowd uh, and you, like, you get those oohs and ahs and you feed off that, what is the most favorite thing uh, that you do uh, that gets the audience really reacting to what you're doing on stage? Hmm. Well, I mean, various illusions – um, you know, just have these different reactions, of course. You know, some some are more mysterious the way they're performed, some are more humorous, um, lighthearted or whatever, but, I mean, definitely the finale to the show. And then um, the opening to the show is pretty spectacular, the way I produce my assistant very quickly. Uh, and then I produce three doves um, in a really cool way and then make them all disappear. But the nice thing about the show um, is that it's like a puzzle, you know, it just, all these different segments fit within the structure of it, within a framework very nicely, uh, and it takes the audience for a real ride. So, so these, these illusions, you know, they, they have these different reactions, um, but a lot of oohs and ahs constantly throughout the whole show and it really keeps people on the edge of their seats and um you know i just it never gets old for me you know i've been doing this my whole life but it never never gets old and i never take any of it for granted um i always try to keep every single performance really fresh even if we you know goodness sakes we played the magic castle and i forgot how many shows we had at least two a night um and that is, for me, a challenge. That's the goal, is to make every single show be as fresh as the last one. So, uh, Linda Lizzo, I guess you're on 89.1 <laughs> Kansas FM. We've got about seven minutes here. Now, uh, so we can do this So we, uh, before we run out of time. If our fans want to check you out, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? <laughs> Definitely Facebook, Illusionist Lynn Dillies. Or my personal Facebook, which is Lynn Dillies, L-Y-N-D-I-L-L-I-E-S. Um, I don't do a whole lot on Instagram right now, but my website is magicoflynn.com, spelled out M-A-G-I-C-O-F as in Frank, L-Y-N.com. There's a lot of cool videos on the website that people can check out. And, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't ask this ego question. You know, I, I just have to ask your opinion on that uh, that cool collector's uh, sports card I made for you that I sent to you on uh, Messenger. Oh, that was great. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you. And uh, also, uh, you wrote a book, too, didn't you, uh, called uh, Your Vote is Magic? I did. I did. That's a whole other thing. My goodness, that happened in 2008 this public service campaign that I conjured up called Your Vote is Magic, and a lot of it was inspired from my late father who was very passionate about voting and taught me about the importance of voting. And uh, my dad passed in 2005, and um, we were very close. He was extremely supportive 
in my career, my right arm, and um, the presidential election was gearing up back then in 08, and I just kept thinking of my dad and how passionate he would have been about all that. And I had this brainstorm of this spectacular illusion that I could do that would basically deliver a visual message about the importance of voting. And the illusion was kind of a spin-off on what I had done eight years earlier, but really, really like ramped up on steroids. And the, um, the idea was to produce out of thin air the two live mascots of each party, a donkey and an elephant, totally nonpartisan. But the message was, as the animals appeared in front of this big live audience, was that you don't have to be a magician to create change. No matter who you choose, your vote is magic. Because I think that's what my dad really believed, is that with the power of our vote, that it really, it really is magic. So I did the illusion very successfully, had a whole public service campaign, like I say, voter rally that I put together. It took a year to... Um, pull this all together, the illusion, the engineering of it, the training of the animals. You know, it's not easy to get a donkey and an elephant to get along in a confined space. <laughs> they were having a hard time in Washington, but anyway, that's a whole other story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, the other cool thing, uh, the other cool thing, uh, Lynn, is uh, you've actually also been uh, featured on the cover of a couple of magazines that I actually have a possession of. Uh, yeah. You're on the cover of Mum Magazine in March of 1999, and uh, yeah. you're also on uh, Magic Magazine for Musicians in July of 2005, which is kind of cool as well. Yes, that, that was really an honor. Yeah, they, they did a whole feature story on me. That was really wild. Yep, that was very cool, especially, you know, if I – due to these different performances around the country and during my meet and greet, you'll get somebody that will bring one of those magazines for me to sign. And that always cracks me up, but I'm always very, very humbled and honored to be able to do that. Uh, Lynn Dilley's our guest here. We've got about uh, three minutes here. Like I say, I wish it were three more years, but uh, if, uh, what, uh, what's your uh, schedule like for the next, uh, well, actually until through the end of the year, how many uh, performances do you usually do a week or uh, a month or, uh, do you get out every other day, every day? Uh, how many more performances do you have booked until uh, the end of the year? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm still booking performances as we speak, really. Uh, you know, I've been hit really hard by the pandemic. I was basically shut down for over a year and a half and some of my crew had a take full-time jobs because they weren't working at all. So I am slowly gearing up with my big touring show. And in the meantime, um, I've focused on a solo show that I've been doing at some small venues. That's been really catching on, which has been great to fill in, you know. So that's, that's kind of it. I've sort of been in survival mode, but, um, you know, starting to, to do some bigger performances. I just had one a couple of weeks ago at a wonderful theater uh 1200 seat theater that went extremely well and that's kind of what i'm focusing on with um you know my your vote is magic um public service campaign and my magic at the symphony as well keeps me busy and you know we eventually got to try and get you here uh to fargo north dakota so you can meet me and matthias uh uh, you oh, know, uh, we'll take you out to dinner, and uh, Matthias will pay, and I'll be the bodyguard, and then uh, we'll have a fun time. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. I'd love that. That's awesome. Uh, Linda Eilis is our guest here. And uh, real quick here, uh, we only got a, a few minutes here. Uh, what advice would you give to uh, uh, someone that wants to get into magic and uh, – 
uh, start out fresh, what advice would you give them? Well, you have to, in this profession, you have to learn how to walk before you can run. You know, you have to learn the basics in magic. Um, just do as many shows as you can to gain as much experience. Try to join a local magic club. That's always a really great asset. And uh, try to find a good mentor. That's important as well. Um, you know, it's just so difficult these days. We don't have all these brick-and-mortar magic shops to go to, you know, and learn from the pros firsthand. If there is one around, please take advantage of that. Um, but if not, like I say, join a local magic club and, and try to go that route more than just, you know, learning stuff on YouTube. There's definitely, I, I find anyway, a disconnect with that. So that, that's kind of my advice for that. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Lynn, we want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule. I know that you had a big performance tonight, and we we thank you so much for joining us. And you are awesome, and uh, if we haven't scared you way too much, we'd love to have you back on again. I would love it. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, Lynn. All right, Lynn okay. Diley's is our... Lynn Diley was our guest there, and, uh, man, she is so awesome, and uh, we love her. And uh, we're glad that she was able to join us tonight. And we have a few minutes here uh, uh, before we got to wrap this up here. So uh, we had a great show, right, guys? That was awesome. Lynn was awesome. Yep, and it was uh, awesome. And, you know, uh, Matthias, you know I like to book the uh, the horror film people for you so, you so you have something more to talk about other than wrestling. Well, yeah, wrestling is uh, is definitely my number one passion. But, of course, I've always been a film geek. So whenever I get to talk about uh, horror and and just film in general, but specifically horror films, because I was a big fan of horror growing up, um, it's just always it's always a pleasure being able to talk to somebody about that kind of stuff. So the guest that we got to talk to was uh, was pretty cool to chat with about everything. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what we uh, we got to get out of here shortly. Uh, if you want to know who we got coming on next week, you have to go to our Facebook page. Uh, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, and uh, if you like that page, and uh, if you go to uh, 89.1 Ken's FM page, like that, do a $10 month uh, donation, Power of the Tower. Uh, Lynn did send us some autographs, uh, and uh, they are, <laughs> she is a beautiful, she is a beautiful magician, and uh, I love her to death, and uh, I, I can't wait to have her on again. Uh, but until uh, we meet again next week, be safe, love each other, care for each other, and uh, as always, uh, come join us again every Monday night on 89.1 Ken's FM, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Central Standard Time every Monday night, and hopefully eventually Big Swing will join us again. Uh, his Cowboys didn't win today, so uh, I'm sure that uh, he'll be bragging about that at some point, uh, you know, because he likes to do that. This one hell of a job. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Thanks, Big Swing. I'm going to disconnect your mic. Uh, Until next week, we'll see you all. Have a good time, and we love you all. We'll see you next week. You think you know me.
Thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. We are listener-supported radio, so the programming you hear on our show...